Now, a healthy identity comes from understanding the truth about ourselves. Our deepest yearning is to understand where we came from and the purpose of which we were made. And our significance comes from the Creator. Today, my guest, Kina Aragon, will be talking about helping kids to recognize their identity in Christ. Kina's articles, poems, interviews, and spoken word videos have been featured on the Gospel Coalition, Risen Motherhood, Journey Women, The Witness, BCC, Fathom Mac, Full of Eyes, Wado Radio, Rapzilla, and Design Marriage. She resides in Tampa, Florida with her husband, John, and beautiful five-year-old daughter. Kina's first children book, Love Me is a poetic retelling of the creation story that highlights God as the Trinity, humans as his image bearers, and children as a delightful gift. Kina's first children book, Love Me, is a poetic retelling of the creation story that highlights God as the Trinity, humans as his image bearers, and children as a delightful gift. Welcome to the Gems of Motherhood, Kina. It's so good to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's a joy. Yeah, I am excited to talk about this topic. Now, you know, there's so many ways that we can help our kids with their identity in Christ. And first of all, I love to hear, I know I've read your book, you know, Love Give and Love Me. Now, I'd love to hear first how you came about writing those books. What inspired you to write those books? Yes. So Love Made is the first book and Love Gave is the second. So the first one was such a crazy story. Uh, My friend was having, she was pregnant around the same time as I was. This was both of our first baby. And um, she asked me if I would be willing to do a poem at her baby shower, anything related to kids. And of course, at that time, because this is my first you know, first and only pregnancy. Um, I didn't have any poems related to that. I've done spoken word poetry for years and years, uh, but I didn't have anything on that. So I told her no. And then um, the morning of her baby shower, I just was spending time with the Lord and praying. And uh, the content of my prayer ended up becoming the poem, mm-hmm. uh, which then t- later turned into Love Made, the book. Uh, and I remember texting her that morning and saying, hey, I think I have something. I obviously can't memorize it by you know 2 p.m., but I can read it if you want. So she uh, encouraged me to do that. And when I looked up at the end of the poem, everybody was crying and, um, you know, it just came straight out of a time with the Lord, which a lot of times has happened with a lot of my spoken word poetry pieces. And, um, I didn't know anything about publishing, but I remember a year or so later, just praying that God would help me to look into children's literature. Cause I've always been encouraged and helped by children's literature, even as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, and, my that particular poem I had ended up making a spoken word video for it like an animation video uh, with my friend Chris Powers from Full of Eyes and the Gospel Coalition picked that video up and did an article and then from there a literary agent picked it up and then reached out to me and so it was kind of a roundabout way of just getting to a a book deal um, all through that through that one poem Um, so that became my first book Love Made and then uh, I did that with Harvest House Publishers, and they we wanted to do a series of three. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the second book, Love Gave, 
that just came out this year. So if Love Made really talks about the creation story, mm-hmm. um, it was my way of explaining the creation story poetically to my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And so it tells the creation story through, very poetically, but through a Trinitarian lens. So it highlights the, the role of the Trinity um, and it highlights the fact that God is love and that love overflowed to make creation and it connects it to the joy of parenthood mm-hmm. um, where two people are, are one through marriage and uh, in their love, they create another. And so it just highlights love and joy in the Trinity. And then the second book takes that same poetic style and the same Trinitarian lens. And then it continues the story of scripture. So it int- love gave introduces the problem of sin, our need for a savior and who Jesus is and what he did for us. And then it uses that paradigm of friendship that God wants to be our friend, but mm-hmm. our sin makes our sin, you know, makes us unable to be friends with God, but Jesus, you know, came and paid for our sin and rose. So now we can be friends. So the third book will come out next year, I think in September, and it will highlight the role of the Holy Spirit. Well, you know what? I love that your book touched on sin um, because I've not really read any children's book, or maybe I just haven't found any that really talked about sin except for the Bible. Now, I'd love to hear from you. How can we point out sin and sin issues? to younger children without them feeling condemned or judged or scared? Mm, I I love that question because that's something that I've thought about a lot as a parent. I have a sweet, compassionate, just affectionate five-year-old daughter who's extremely sensitive. She will cry if we make a, a disappointed face. You know, that's how deeply she feels. She's just not one of those kids that needs a whole lot of, you know, you know, spanking or a whole lot of that stuff to, to, to help her recognize when she's wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is something I've really thought about. I think first and foremost, if we're not highlighting what my first book highlights, Love Made, um, the image of God, the fact that we're made in the image of God, that each of us is special, that each of us is loved by God, whether or not you're a Christian, whether or not you've received Christ yet, that there is a a love that God has for you because he made you. If we're not highlighting that reality, the dignity of each person um, to our children, if we're not exemplifying that either. If we're not treating our children with respect and love and and, and compassion, then I think talking about sin and the fact that they are sinners, uh, it becomes somewhat hypocritical and it becomes something that can actually be more damaging to them. And so I think first and foremost is establishing the fact that they're loved, that that we are here for you no matter what, that God loves you um, always and he made you special. Then um, I think for this was the big challenge for Love Gave was how do we present sin mm-hmm. in a way that still honors the dignity of, of the child, but doesn't but doesn't compromise the truth. And so what I chose to do for for Love Gave that I've, I've found to be helpful with my daughter, she's five years old now. 
is to talk about friendship because I know four, five-year-olds, six-year-olds often talking about, oh, so-and-so is my best friend or, oh, I played with this person in the playground. They're my friend. Um, So that paradigm of friendship is something that kids are often talking about, especially at that age. And so there's this, that very theme is a part of, you know, of the story of scripture. If you do like a biblical theology of friendship, Mm -hmm. that's, there, you know, from the beginning, Adam and Eve are walking with God, which is an idiom, an expression for friendship with God in the garden. Mm-hmm. And that friendship's broken because of sin. And Christ came. And when he came, he said, I no longer call you my servants, but you are my friends. He said to, to his disciples and a, a friend lays his life down for his friends. And so that paradigm, that theme in, in, of friendship is in scripture. And so I really wanted to highlight that for the kids and make Make it sort of concrete for them, because if we just say, oh, you're a sinner and it's sort of this like, uh, you know, abstract concept, it's like, okay, I guess I can receive that. But I wanted to get concrete. No, we lie. We steal. We cheat. And it all breaks God's heart. We I want to uh, and and as well through the illustration show scenarios that may be familiar to kids uh, of ways that they might sin or exceed experience sin. And so, yeah, I wanted to use concrete language. At one point I said, our our sin is kind of like the dirt that stains a clean shirt, you know, Um, and we're rolling around in that dirt. Uh, We need a whole new shirt, (laughs) you know, we don't to clean up the dirt. But I think this, the strongest um, sort of theme, like I said, was uh, friendship, is that God wants that there is a, a desire that God has to be our friend, but he can't do that. And we can't do that if we have a sin that's mm-hmm. undealt with. It's unforgiven. So thank you so much for explaining that. Now, your daughter is five years old, right? And my husband always says, you know, like they sin from the very beginning already, like even without them knowing because they don't know, right? And so can you give me an example of like, for example, I don't know if your daughter has like manipulated her way or even, I don't know, little sin things that are harmless, but would be harmful at a later point if we don't nip it in the butt. Um, And so give me an example how you would navigate those situations. Give me a situation. Okay. Yes, I can give. That's that's very. Uh, I can come up with one quick. <laughs> so my daughter has a very, you know, as a five year old, of course, has a very silly side, and so she, we, I, I encourage that. I'm silly myself, so I, I mess around with her. We play around, but sometimes lately, she's been doing something where she'll lie, and then when she, when I look at her, you know, I, I give her the face, like, hey what you're kind of crossing a line here, then she'll pretend like she's being silly. Oh no, you know, and so that's when I'll stop the silliness and, and kind of get to her level. I don't want to use like a, a loud booming demanding voice, but mm-hmm. I, she knows the serious tone. It's kind of a lower tone and it's a uh, JL look at mommy. Okay. Remember my rule, you can be silly, but you can't lie. And I've, I've, you know, for a while now emphasized the fact that lying is, is actually worse than whatever the thing you did. Um, and that mommy will not uh, be overly upset if you just tell me the truth. You may have a consequence, you know, if mm-hmm. what you did was actually a bad, you know, because sometimes she'll spill her milk. That's not a sin. Mm-hmm. You know, it was 
the accident and she'll be nervous to tell me. And so I've I often reinforced like, no, 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 that's a, that's an accident. Just as long as you tell the truth, you, yeah. you know, this is a, a safe place for you. So um, safety is like a huge, huge issue for kids and, um, and even for adults, but, you know, for kids to establish that at their young age, that they're in a safe environment. So I, I do that calm, but serious tone, mm-hmm. say something like, you know, you can be silly, but you can't lie. Um, the other one would be, you know, when she gets upset with me, you know, let's say, you know, she didn't want to eat her vegetables or something. And she, if she's overly tired or just, you know, in a moment might choose to be upset or slam her fist or stomp away. I do that same voice. I get on her level. I don't try to, you know, tower over her. I get on her level eye to eye and say something along the lines of, Hey, JL, what's my rule? You can be mad, but you can't be mean. Mm-hmm. In other words, I want to give her the emotional freedom right. to feel what she feels and even to say, hey, I'm, I want her to learn to use her language to right. say, I feel angry right now. Yeah. Okay, let's talk through that. And and we do. I sit on the floor with her and I talk through it, even if what she's angry at to me is just nonsense. <laughs> I'll still, you know, sit with her and, and help her work through that. And you know, being five years old, she does get over it a lot quicker, you know, Mm -hmm. than if you're older. But, um, but yeah, those those little phrases, you can be mad, but you can't be mean. That's fine. Um, and last, I just want to give one more that, that sort of recently happened in the last few months is, uh, she plays a lot with the neighborhood kids. A lot of them are a little older than her and some of them are a lot older than her. Mm Mm-hmm. She tends to find herself as the youngest in the bunch and they're very gracious with her, but they can get rowdy Mm -hmm. and she can get upset that they don't hear her because she's small. (laughs) And so there was one situation where one of the older kids in our neighborhood had said something mean to her that um, at at the time we weren't sure what it was, but he was he was being rude to her and he's older. So she. Mm This was a case of almost like kind of like a bullying. And so that was a a totally different thing. This was something where she didn't actually sin, but she was sinned against. And it's almost Mm -hmm. like Shalom was you could see the Shalom in her face just get broken. Yeah. You know, where, oh, no, the world's not, you know, butterflies and roses all the time. Right. So that was like a whole night, almost like a two day ordeal of us counseling her. And and what I I emphasize in that time for her in short was that some kids, some people are not going to be nice and they're going to because we all have sin. And um, what you can do in those moments is you don't be mean back but you just choose to not follow them anymore. You choose to step away from them. You choose not to play with them. And you can communicate that if they're still bothering you, listen, I don't have to listen to you. I don't have to follow you. But I said, you don't need to be mean about it because uh, God doesn't want us to be mean to people who are mean to us. Right. And then we can pray for them. But so those are all kind of different scenarios I've found in the last you know few months with my daughter that we're yeah. trying to emphasize gospel or kingdom values through those moments. Yeah, those are great. For, I mean, we go through that as well for our daughter. She's three years old and there is a particular kid sometimes who can be pretty mean to her and she loves this kid. And how do you navigate those situations, right? And and so, yeah, those are really tough challenges that as parents we have to deal with. <laughs> And I know, I know it gets more complex as they get older. Right. Uh, 
So I, I feel like I don't have much advice for that, but you know, at least in these, yeah, these, these years, four, five, six. You know. Yeah. We picked up a book called Llama Llama Bully Goat. I don't know if you read that book. Uh, no. book. Um, and that book actually really helped. It, it, it was a story about this goat. His name was Billy or Bully. No, he was a bully. <laughs> No, I've read it like like how many times to her. The goat was a bully. The the goat was bullying the llama. And in a sense, as in the goat would make fun of the llama, call the llama names, throw his jacket on the ground and stomp on it and a lot of things. And basically was telling the llama to tell the bully goat that this is not okay. And as I as I read it to her, I would tell her, I said, if so-and-so does that to you, tell them it is not okay. Do not push me. God says to be kind and we are not to be mean. And so... It's reinforcing and with toddlers, right? We have to repeat it over and over and over again for them to get it. It almost seems like we're a broken record, but these days I feel like I have to just do it more than normal. Yes, definitely. Now, how do you suggest we share scripture with our children? What are some ways that you have done to share scripture with your daughter to help her build her identity in Christ? Well, I've found the most helpful way, and I'm not a musical, a musically gifted person at all. You can ask anyone, but you know, any songs that are about Christ, obviously songs that melodies that you can create to scripture. I used, I did used to teach four to six year olds back in the day, uh, in my old church, but, and, and that's really what stuck with them as well is really anything that you put to melody, anything that you make a song. I, I wrote an article about this for the ERLC a little while ago, but thinking about the song that Moses taught uh, the people of Israel before they entered the promised land. Mm-hmm. He said, I want you to learn this song and then teach it to your children. So, and it essentially highlights the the history of their history up to that point and also their rebellion and their propensity to rebel. And he says it's important for them to understand where they're coming from, the this, this story and who God is. Yeah. And then even though a lot of that song that he teaches them in Deuteronomy is pretty bleak because it's talking about their sin. At the end of it, there's this promise that God is still going to do something, that he's still going to restore, that it looks forward to to God overcoming our sin and our rebellion. And so, I mean, imagine that's one of the primary ways that Moses was telling the people of Israel to Mm -hmm. pass on the story generation to generation was through song. Mm -hmm. And so I always recommend that. And especially if you are musically gifted I mean God bless you like help help moms like me to to come up with some <laughs> to, to scripture um the other stuff is is simply uh more recently because she's learning her she knows her alphabet and she's learning how to write certain words and stuff and she's very independent so she wants to do it herself so what I do now is I give her a journal so mm-hmm. she kind of has her own thing, her own Bible, even if she can't read it fully yet. And like, let's say like the, just the other day we did Psalm 6. I'll read to her Psalm 6. Okay, now let's summarize. Date, who was writing it? King David. Okay, she knows a little about King David. Yes. How was he feeling? Was he happy? Was he sad? Was he mad? Oh, he was sad in this one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what was he sad about? Well, people were actually being really mean to him. We don't know exactly what in the Psalm, but he, 
they were being mean to him. And that's something the kids can relate to. Okay. Um, what did he do when people were being mean to him? Oh, he chose to pray. And what did he pray? What did he ask God? Oh God, please hurry up. Please come help me. Please show me your love. And just something simple like that. And then I'll say, okay, why don't you draw a picture about that? So she drew like a King David with tears and he's yeah. praying, you know, just that's stuff. Awesome. So it's kind of like teaching her how to have a devotional time. So maybe that's not directly memorizing the scripture in that case, but it's, yeah. it's helping her internalize what she's learning. I'm sure you could do that with sermons. Okay. What was the sermon about? Or what was children's church about? Right. Wanting to draw a picture of it. Um, so the, just little ways like that. Yeah, that's great. I love that. Uh, Now, can you share some ways where you can encourage moms to help their children with their identity in Christ? Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, first and foremost is wanting to do that for yourself first, (laughs) right? So, I mean, if I'm if you want me to be an ambassador for some food chain that I really don't even enjoy, right, like or that I haven't even been to their restaurants like that. And I'm supposed to show some sort of excitement about their products. There's only so much that I can pretend, right? There's only so much that I can say, oh, this, their shrimp is amazing. Okay. Uh, What about their other, you know, their other food? So the same thing with, with life in Christ, our identity in Christ, um, being filled with the Holy Spirit. If, if I'm not enjoying Christ, if I'm not abiding in his word and his word in me, then, um, it can sort of feel like a forced thing. And there are seasons where mm-hmm. that may, can be true for me. And I, it, it really does feel a little bit more forced and a little bit more fake. And um, the good thing is for us and for everybody that we can always return to Christ, that he is always uh, welcoming us with, with both arms open. And so my challenge for myself is always to make myself happy in Christ first. Amen. Because they're going to see that it's going to be natural. Like I'm going to be talking about Christ. I'm going to be singing hymns and songs and spiritual songs. I'm going to be um, excited uh, to, or I'm going to be able to have the sort of spiritual wisdom to know certain moments. Oh, you know what? That tree reminds me of this passage or you know how the, that one time there was a there was a storm and we have hurricane season right now and guess mm-hmm. what Jesus did to the storm so you're you're it's like you know Deuteronomy talks about that as well whether you're sitting standing walking in the house you know you're just talking about scripture and if yeah. I'm not personally in scripture, if I'm not doing those things that uh, help build up my own soul, then it's going to be hard for me to, to do that for my kids or for anybody else that matter. And so I know that's maybe, uh, maybe sounds cliche or overly stated, but it goes back to really just us abiding uh, in the Lord. And then practically, of course, you know, things like my book, there's just so many children's books that are helpful, create a culture of reading where, mm-hmm. you know, oh, let's read a new one today. Let's let's read your favorite one today. Let's do three books a day or whatever it may be uh, where they're constantly hearing hearing these messages of truth. Amen. Now, you know, I love that. Now, how do you encourage moms who feel like they failed Um, you know, or that they're not doing a good job in terms of translating um, God's love or sharing, you know, uh, who God is and trying to build their child up and um, who are facing those challenges now, what would you say to those moms? 
Well, first and foremost, welcome to the club. Hi, <laughs> I'm you're here. Um, I've been here too, and I am here often. Uh, one of the biggest things that I learned from my older sister who had children before I did uh, is something that I implement and that we've seen a lot of fruit from, and my husband does this as well, is when we are short fused, let's say I, I yelled at my daughter or I said something really snappy or I was impatient or whatever, I need to come back and I need to repent to her. I need to apologize to her because she is my neighbor. She is a human, you know, no matter how small they are, they, um, if I sinned against them, I need to make it right. right. And so um, what I will do is, again, I'll get on her level. I literally did this two days ago because I was in chronic pain and I snapped at her because she was asking me for, or I think she was complaining about something. And I snapped and then I had to come back to her. I think she actually already forgot, but <laughs> either way, it doesn't matter. I right. came back to her and I said, listen, JL, um, mommy was very impatient earlier. And I was in pain, but that does not give me an excuse. That doesn't mean that I can sin. And I, I sinned against you and I'm sorry. I was being short. She's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, well, do you remember in the kitchen when you kept saying you want to go outside? And I said, go upstairs. And I said it like that. And I said, that wasn't nice, was it? She's like, no, no, that wasn't nice. Okay. So that's what I'm saying sorry for. So I want to make sure she knows that that moment, that wasn't you. That was my messy. That was my sinful heart. And so I think modeling repentance can be one of the most freeing things right. for kids because it, it helps them to know, oh, I just need to make it right. Like, I just need to be honest and right. bring my, my sin into the light and there is mercy. And I will ask her, are you willing to forgive me? And her being the happy five-year-old she is, like, yeah, okay. And she runs off and plays again. So, but... <laughs> It does stick with that. I've been doing that since she was like one and she had no idea what I was talking about. But I, I need I know I, that sort of muscle needs to right. be that, that muscle needs to have. Yeah, exactly. That muscle yeah. needs to be built. And she'll um, come to understand that in a year or two. And I don't want her to ever feel like she's living in mommy and daddy's shadow. Right. Uh, my husband's a minister as well. And so, you know, I don't want her to feel, oh, I could never attain to that. No, she needs to know that we're just as messy, that we're just as sinful and that we need just as much forgiveness. And so yeah. you are free, a discouraged mom to do that same thing, to come back to your children and even ask to pray with them. Hey, can, can you pray for me? And my, my uh, niece, I remember she did that. I think she was like six years old or something. At one time, my sister, I think snapped at her and then went back to apologize. And she said, it's okay, mommy. Can I pray for you? Just because that, <laughs> love that. rhythm was already there. Yeah, it's just yeah. so sweet. So it kind of just, um, yeah, you're, you're free to do that because that's what we would say to do with an, an adult. Wouldn't we, you know, because our little, our little people are humans too. So yeah. Uh, and you're likely doing a great job. And so sometimes you do need to hear that that encouragement as well. So <laughs> Isn't it great that, you, that your daughter would give you a pat on your back like, mommy, you're awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we're, um, you know, we're almost at the end of the show, but is there anything else that you would like to share with other gems of mothers out there? Man, I would say lastly, there are so many resources. Risen Motherhood is a great one. Um, but like I just said, you are likely doing a great job. Um, and usually we don't get to see that because we're mm -hmm. dealing you know, between tantrums and changing diapers and feeling overly fatigued. Um, uh, 
I think one of the biggest things for me too has just been going to therapy, um, you know, with a licensed therapist that, that can help deal, help you deal with some of your, um, story and some Mm -hmm. of maybe the traumas or things that, that, uh, you haven't been able or haven't been equipped to be able to deal with. And so something, someone coming alongside of you who is trained that can help you uh, work through your emotional health and things of that nature is going to be a blessing to you, obviously, to your marriage, to your children, to your friendships. Um, so I can't encourage that enough uh, that we would deal with our stories, especially the, the ugly parts and the hard parts of our stories uh, with help so that our, our children are blessed for it and we're able to uh, walk with that sort of vulnerability and uh, and joy in the Lord. Amen. Now, thank you so much, Kina, for coming on the show. Kina has so generously offered to give away one of her books. So follow us on Instagram at Gems of Motherhood to find out how you can get her book. Now, Kina, before we end, I don't mean to put you on the spot and you don't have to, but would you uh, be willing to pray for our listeners? Absolutely. Thank you. I'd be happy to do that. Let's pray. Um, Heavenly Father, I thank you for every listener of this show. I thank you that they took the time out to hear and hopefully to glean wisdom and to be encouraged, Lord. I I ask for the weary mom that you would uh, hold her gently, as you say in Isaiah, that you, you hold them gently, who are mothers of young, God. Help them to feel your gentleness. Help them to feel your warmth, God, where they feel like they have dropped the ball, um, Um, or one too many times, I ask God that you would remind them that your grace is sufficient for them and that they uh, are welcome back into your presence at any time. God, that you are not somebody we need to schedule a meeting with, uh, but your throne of grace is open 24-7 where we can receive grace and mercy in our time of need. And Lord, that sort of needs that mothers have are just as varied as how many mothers there are on this planet. So Lord, only your Holy Spirit can apply your word exactly the way that each of us need it in our hearts and in our lives. I ask that you would do that, that as we have spoken about your word, as we've spoken about kingdom principles, as we've spoken about the gospel, that your Holy Spirit would apply it in just the right way for each listener, God, and that you would be the lifter of our heads. Lord, encourage us, help us to be faithful women uh, of God that would continue to disciple this next generation and pass on the story, not just with our words, but with the way that we live. We love you, God, and we know that we can do none of these things apart from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Kina. I uh, Once again, thank you so much for coming on the Gems of Motherhood podcast. Oh, it's my joy. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Now, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Gems of Motherhood podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more amazing Gems of Mothers and more resources, head over to gemsofmotherhood.com where you can subscribe to the show. That's where you'll find show notes with actionable tips and any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I hope you'll find inspiration and learn to cultivate your own journey. You are loved. You're an incredible gem to God. He knows you intimately. He knows what you are going through and he knows what you need. Remember, you're fearfully and wonderfully made in him. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode.